Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley from Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Today I'm excited we have a special guest on the podcast, and that is Rich Todd. Rich works in the office with Royal, and I'm going to let Royal do all the introductions. So good morning, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm, I'm excited to have Rich here uh, in studio and uh, get a chance to kind of sit down and introduce him to our podcast audience. I worked with Rich for the past 11 years. Rich has uh, really built a, a very nice practice, and we're going to take some time, have him talk a little bit about that and uh, just learn a little bit about his philosophies when it comes to working with clients, uh, investing money, and and a little bit, too, on the uh, personal side of things as well. Nice, nice. Good morning, Rich. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm pleased to meet you. I know that uh, Royal has talked about you before, and now we get to actually meet you. So this is going to be fantastic. Where do we start, Royal? Excellent, excellent. Well, let's just jump in, Rich. Now, like I said, Rich has been with us for about 11 years now. So what made you decide to get into the financial services industry? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Royal. You know, I, I spent about 20 years down in Los Angeles working in, in some pretty high-tech companies and and uh, managing marketing uh, for them. And what I found over the years was I was really just spending time with groups of people and working through them both as a consultant and having those relationships. But they were a little bit more distant than I would like. And so there was an opportunity to really move up to southern Oregon um, we had some family up here and found that that would be a, a great place to raise our three boys and uh, with my wife, Deanne. And so as I, I really took those skills that I had down there, really fast-paced environment and looked for the quality of life in Southern Oregon and uh, thought, you know, how can I help people? How can I do it in a more direct manner as opposed to a, a large group or a demographic? And, and I found that it was more of my desire, more of my skill set. And so it was a really natural fit to go into financial services and uh, really apply that that desire I have as well as that solution-oriented mindset. I love trying to figure out how things work and looking and listening to my clients with what their issues may be or sometimes even that they're not even aware of in order to find a solution for them. Very nice. So who exactly do you work with? You, is there something that you specialize in? Uh, is there a particular type of client that you enjoy working with? Yeah, also a great question. I, you know, I've had this uh, conversation many times with myself and my wife and others, and I really have enjoyed the diversity. I have 18-year-olds who are starting out for the first time and trying to, frankly, get them thinking about a retirement, something that is so abstract in their life and providing that education. I love that. Uh, I think it's just a real special opportunity. And on the flip side, I've got 90-year-olds who have recently become widows and going through a very different stage of life, being concerned about how much money they have left or what if something catastrophic happens. And so these are two completely different groups of people in my practice. And then I have all of those in the middle who are approaching retirement uh, you know, in the next five or 10 years, or maybe they've just retired, which again is a whole nother 
process for them. So, you know, building up my practice and focusing on on such a diverse group of people has been both challenging and yet there's a common thread, which is they're all looking for some solution or they're looking for some comfort or they're looking for education, but they're all looking for someone they can look to and trust and bounce ideas off of or help them go through their particular process or their particular stage in life. Very nice. Very nice. So one thing that Eric and I talk about all the time is kind of the difference between financial advisor, financial planner, you know, financial advisor is such a broad term there and it can fit in a lot of different ways. What, what do you consider yourself? Uh, I, you know, I, I have struggled with that as well. And I see, I think a lot of clients are confused by the term because uh, it's used pretty freely throughout the industry. And as a professional, I almost want to consider myself more of a consultant. Um, and I think that sort of steps out a little bit. But if I were to stay more to the true term of as an advisor, financial advisor specifically, I feel like that that role, uh, that which I take on, is really helping a client go through a process, giving them that advice. And I know that sounds a little bit intuitive, but it's really going through a process and helping them understand the pros and cons of decisions that they would like to make. As an advisor, I don't simply listen to what they would like, but also offer them opportunities to say, well, maybe we should look at it in a different way. And I think that's where the advice portion comes in. Um, again, if I use the term consultant, that my role is to help them achieve their goal. And it's not a strict path. It can be a little bit more fluid and not just taking from my clients, but also giving them other opportunities to look at things. Um, I think that's really where a financial advisor comes into play. Also, I would add to that um, a bit of a misconception I think a lot of people have, which is how much are you going to do for me for my money? And what I have found over the years is it's not just about the money. It's really about what they're trying to accomplish. We're just simply using the money to get to that place. So as you go through this, we are not just investment managers. We're so much more, and it's that contextual component. It's taking that money portion and putting it in the bigger picture, which is, what are you trying to accomplish? What do the family relationships look like? Uh, what are the possible pitfalls if we lose someone? And so there's all these different little things, these little paths that a person can take. And I think that's where, as a financial advisor, uh, we really bring value. That's great. And I, and I can personally attest to your ability to sit down with a client and you know really ask questions that they've really never considered. In, in our conversations, consulting together on cases, I think you have a special talent at that of really giving clients just a new perspective all the way around. So kudos to you. So who would you say your your ideal client is? Well, I don't know if I've ever actually met an ideal client. You know, I, I think that it's uh, uh, every, every client is unique. Um, if I were to say what is my preferred client, uh, what is the client that I would like to spend time with and interact with? Truly, I believe it has been the clients that are engaged in the process, that they have ownership in it, that they're not just here to pay for service. They're here to partner with and to understand that their decisions, you know, I've said this many times before, somewhat jokingly, but it's not me who will cause a catastrophic financial issue. It's the new boat that someone bought 
or it's a decision of buying a house that maybe they weren't financially prepared for, for whatever reason. And so I, those clients that recognize that they have, for lack of a better word, skin in the game, they're the clients who say, look, I seek you as a professional and I want to make sure I'm listening to your advice. And at the same time, there may be things that we would like to do that's not within your advice that you gave. So that that interaction is powerful. And that's my rule for, for again, using the term ideal client. It's those that see this as a partnership and want to be part of it and not just see it as a payment for service. Now, how do you bring in new clients? Well, I've been blessed in a lot of different ways. First one is the referrals um, that I get from other clients. I think that is just a real special thing. Truly, it's something I don't take lightly. Uh, for someone to stick their neck out and extend their reputation between me and a friend or a family member is huge. So new clients come through that referral uh, component. I also have clients that they encourage their own family members or through a death sometimes I will actually interact with the children. So we end up with a multi-generational practice as well, which is which is fun because you have a lot of history and you have a lot of those relationships that you understand the nuances and some of the decision making, which is actually fairly big at times. And then I also, as a more proactive stance, um, I do a seminar on social security several times a year through uh, some of the city's parks and recs department. And I found that to be great. It's a, it's a great educational opportunity and it allows people to come in, learn a little bit more about social security and answer some of those questions that they have had for quite some time um, that social security doesn't necessarily make easy to understand. But a lot of people, you know, after they kind of see me and listen to me and talk to me a little bit afterwards, I think a lot of them have found, uh, you know, that it's a good step for them to come into the office and spend more time on a more personal level. And it allows us, since you're the expert in Social Security here in the office, to go to you with all of our questions when we have a complicated Social Security case come up. So it's great to have that resource. Yeah, you know, and I, it's, it's been great. It actually, uh, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being in the office here with other advisors is we all have gifts and talents. And to be able to bounce ideas off one another um, and see things from different angles, uh, you know, it's good for us professionally. But at the end of the day, it's the clients who really benefit from all of this. They're able to walk out of it and have maybe a deeper uh, resource that they're not even aware of uh, just within the office. So, yeah, it's been good. Excellent. So who's on your team and, and what do they do? Being part of the office, again, I, I would say that the the first level of my team really is just the other advisors, you know, being able to spend time together and, and like we said before, uh, bounce ideas off of uh, is is pretty powerful. So that would be the first part. Uh, the second part is we just have a great staff that's both in uh, the, the, the very front, you know, the front office, whether it's on the phone or just in person that our clients are experiencing. And also there's a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes that the team is doing that I don't think clients are fully aware of. Uh, my particular practice, the way that I run it, is a little bit more low-key. I spend a lot of time with my clients. Um, I'm very conversational, and so that sort of works to their favor at times. And uh, so I'm able, as a team, I'm pretty hands-on on a lot of stuff, and then I have uh, the support staff here in the office to be able to, to provide additional services as we go through with clients' uh, paperwork and, and decisions that are being made. And now I've known you for years, obviously. You've done quite a bit here in the Rogue Valley. You're pretty active in the community. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I've had uh, involvement over the years in different groups of nonprofits that are here in town for a variety of focuses, and that's been some great opportunities. I just really enjoyed it. I am also a member of the Rotary Club here in Medford. 
Uh, there's actually quite a few of them, but it's the the uh, Rotary Club of Medford that uh, you don't even know which one it is. I don't even know which one it is. It's the one in Medford. <laughs> uh, but been with them for a while and and have been on various committees with them. I love the uh, service above self mindset that they have, which is very much in line with who I am. So that's been a good fit. I'm also have been past president of and on the board of an association here for insurance and financial advisors. It's a national organization that I've been part of. I've been doing that for quite a few years. And I, ironically, I have another one that I uh, do, which is actually out of Southern California. I'm a member of the Tournament of Roses, so for the Rose Parade. And I still go down once a year and, and help out. Uh, we are called the white suitors is the is the term. And uh, I've been doing that uh, when we lived down in Pasadena and loved the the history of Pasadena and the Rose Parade, such a great, exciting thing on the beginning of the year. And so I just continue to do that one. Very nice. Now, how many years have you been doing that? I've been doing that since 2003. Oh, wow. Okay. So over 15 years. Yeah. And I know each year on at the Rose Parade, uh, the job you get assigned or the job you take is a little bit different. What did you do this last year? So this last year, you're right. Uh, we are on a committee for uh, two years at a time, and then we rotate onto a new committee. And this year, we were responsible for all the bands. So there's about 25 bands that come both uh, locally in the Los Angeles region as well as international. Um, we had one from Sweden uh, and Japan and, and uh, down in South America as well. So our job as committee members was to make sure those bands got to where they were supposed to be on parade day and that when the parade was over, uh, that they were uh, escorted off and fed and put back on buses. So it's a massive logistical thing that suddenly pops up on New Year's Day and is over uh, a few hours later. So it's pretty amazing. What fun. Now, from an educational background, I, um, earlier before uh, we jumped on the podcast, we were just chatting about your college experience at Azusa Pacific. You want to talk a little bit about your degrees? And, and then also, you have some advanced training uh, as a financial advisor. Would you touch on that as well? Yeah, so I did my undergraduate and graduate work at Azusa Pacific University which of course is in Azusa, which is in Southern California. And that was actually, I did a focus on marketing, both undergrad and grad. And as that has played out in both my career uh, as well uh, here as a financial advisor, I've found that there's a lot of life lessons that come through, I think, the higher education component. A lot of it just uh, provided a lot of structure, I think, uh, in my life and going through and, and having a practice. Uh, so that's been very beneficial. As far as specifically with education uh, regarding financial advising, you know, I have my licenses, both securities and insurance. Uh, the one that I focused on was the Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. And that was really allowing me to gain a little bit more education on the retirement side. The funny thing is that we spend most of our life saving money or investing money for something that for a lot of us just we think will never happen uh, in retirement. And and then suddenly you're thrown into retirement and now you're living off of those assets after all that hard work. And so I think that there's something really unique and special about that. And it's not just purely the money. It's also the, uh, the emotional component that I think a lot of folks go through. So I would just say that both my formal education uh, in, in a lot of different ways, but also the informal, it's just a life experience. And again, I would just kind of touch back on the office. You know, we have a lot of opportunities here with the different advisors that we've all been able to experience things differently. And I joke with clients, I've retired many, many times over because I've gone through it with my clients. And I think that is 
that brings a lot of understanding that someone going through it for the first time uh, can't always understand. But uh, so there's there's real world experiences that is an education all into its own. Uh, and then there's the formal education as well. And I think you need both. Wonderful. So you've been doing this a while. What has become your financial philosophy at this point? So my philosophy for my clients really has been a little more old fashioned, I suppose. And it's really been discipline and commitment. Um, that's something that a lot of folks are not doing uh, necessarily, the younger generation. And so my clients, you know, they haven't won the lottery and they haven't, you know, inherited a massive amount of money. They've simply made decisions over their life. They've denied themselves certain wants and desires in order to have money for retirement. And that really is the secret. That's my philosophy that I share with them as well about being a hard worker, commit themselves to more education or whatever needs to be done in order to put money away for retirement and stand out of debt. So that's really my philosophy. Excellent. At this point, these are kind of this, uh, a few uh, questions that I thought our listeners would uh, like to learn a little bit more about you. So when you're not working, what are you doing for fun? Yeah, so raising three boys is uh, always uh, part of the mix in that. I am an avid reader. I love to read books, mostly biographies, historical books. So that's something that uh, I try to squeeze in between a lot of other activities. On a more physical side, love to mountain bike during the summers. And then during the wintertime, we like to go skiing or snowboarding. I actually have picked that up at age 49-ish and uh, felt that that was a really smart decision. And I'm actually picking it up, so that's been good. And uh, a lot of what I do around the house, I love doing little projects here and there. And so that keeps me pretty busy. And uh, like I said, with the kids doing uh, activities with them as well. Nice. And when you say picking it up, do you mean picking yourself up off the slopes once you fall down? Yes. So, yes, there has. Because I saw you limping a couple of weeks ago after a, uh, yeah. a ski weekend. Yeah, there there have been some um, upsides and some downsides to uh, picking up a sport at this late in the game. However, I will tell you that it is actually easier now that I've figured it out, easier than skiing. And I probably will continue with that uh, as long as I can. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so who's your hero? I mean, other than me. <laughs> besides you as a hero. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, hero, I, I can honestly say I don't have a single hero uh, that I would point to. I, I think it's more of an uh, amalgamation of a lot of people in my life over the years that have spoken into me and given me encouragement and have had the courage uh, to tell me that I need to change my ways in one form or another. And so I think a person who is willing to step up to that and and potentially sacrifice a relationship to help someone um, you know, those are really, that's a bold thing to do. And so I would really say that it's a, it's a combination of folks in my life over the years that I would kind of say is my hero. Wonderful. And now you said you read a lot of biographies and, and that sort of thing. Did you have any favorite person or favorite biography you've read and, and what would be the reason? So the, um, a lot of the books that I have read, uh, over the years, you know, everything from the Waltons to Lance Armstrong to, uh, various World War II biographies that are out there, you know, I think that there's not a particular person that I've looked to. Um, I think it's just interesting how history shapes over time, uh, an individual. And, uh, for example, uh, Ben Franklin, was really kind of a scoundrel at times. And comparing him with John Adams, you know, was one of our forefathers in this nation, really two contrasting individuals. And yet they both had a big part to play in our history. So 
with that being said, kind of taking all this, the, these things you've picked up from these biographies, has that affected what your idea of success is? And if so, what, how would you define your idea of success? Yeah, that's an absolutely great question. And uh, I'll start with defining success. Success for me has changed over the years. I think what I thought success was when I first graduated from college has definitely morphed. And that is in part through being married and having kids. Um, my my description of success today is, is really being a successful husband and father. Um, and that's for me. In relationship to history and how those things have played into it, yeah, absolutely. I've seen a lot of choices historical figures have made with relationships. And I think that really focused me uh, to understand that financial success or um, a particular celebrity status oftentimes leaves a trail of um, relationships. And that has probably over the years has really helped me kind of focus a little bit about who I was and what my goals are. Uh, and I'm grateful for that. So yeah, success today is really about relationships and family. Very nice. So you talk to a lot of people, clients, family, friends. What's the one thing you, you recommend the most to them? It goes right in line with what we were just talking about with success. A lot of the decisions that I help with my clients is to help them with their relationships. Money can be a, a very uh, delicate thing uh, among family members. And so a lot of the choices that we make are help to eliminate that through various recommendations that we make. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm really trying to help my clients maintain those relationships um, or repair ones that were broken. And I know that sounds a little bit over the top for what we do, but I have found over the years that that is probably something that most clients desire. They want those relationships with their kids. They want those relationships with their own brothers and sisters. Uh, and so we do things sometimes to help that um, and minimize the impact that money may have down the road. And as we're wrapping up here, kind of what I want to know from you, do you have a particular mantra or motto or, or something that you say to yourself that keeps you focused and on track through the days? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big multitasker. And so I'm, I've always been both my personal life and professional life. I've always been able to handle a lot of different things at one time. The downside to that is it's easy for me to pick up one more thing and start working on that as well. So in order to stay focused, what I've just learned over the years is there are times when you feel like you're spinning around a lot and not moving forward. And so the mantra really is just to step back and put things in a priority list. And I know that sounds very basic, but sometimes that's all that's required. I got to just say, all right, what is due now? What needs to happen? What are the consequences of one decision or another? And just put everything kind of in that right order in order to stay focused, whatever that may be. Very nice. And, and finally, kind of our last question here, what's your proudest achievement other than this podcast? Besides this hmm. podcast, wow, that is, that's going to be a tough one. No, it's, uh, and I know I've said this a lot, but the family is pretty important. And I think right now we have, a, uh, at this point in time, we have an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And uh, they're all unique. And I think as an achievement, my wife and I have both, um, we're pretty proud of how these boys have turned out. Um, we have not been able to use a standard parenting style because they're all unique. And so that ability on something so personal, for those who are parents, uh, you understand what a challenge it can be. And I, at this point in time, we're very, we're very blessed to have three healthy kids and kids who look at life differently. They question uh, things a lot and they really seek 
uh, out some beliefs through those interactions that we have at dinner time. Pretty common. We'll have some pretty heavy conversations, and it's exciting to see a 12-year-old interact with them as much as an 18-year-old. Um, and so, just that achievement as parents has been just really fulfilling, and, and look forward to their continued growth and contributions to society. Very nice. Very nice. Now, so we're going to get this podcast up here in the next week or so. And my question to you is, if we have a listener out there that would like to kind of come in and connect with you, maybe have a, a conversation, how best does someone do that? So the best way, obviously, is is just to reach out and call the office and uh, make an appointment. Um, I'm very flexible. I've had clients who, for one reason or another, they can't meet during the normal hours. I've met with them on weekends or I've met with them after hours as well. And that is something I would want them not to have as a barrier. You know, let their schedule dictate it. Don't let our schedule dictate it. Um, and once they've reached out to us, um, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're supposed to have or what, you're, what you should have or mistakes you made in the past. I think all those things need to just melt away. And the beginning really is just to say, look, I want to sit down. I want to talk with me. Uh, talk with, uh, you know, an advisor and, and, and have that conversation and just kind of get things started. Um, and find out where they should start to focus on whatever that may be. I think that's some excellent advice is just getting things started is sometimes the hardest part. So if you'd like to get started with Rich, call the office. The number is 541-772-1116. So with that, Eric, I, I think we're going to wrap up for today. Did you have anything to add? Well, the, the only question that you missed, Royal, was, Rich, what is your NFL team? Royal and I have talked about it, but I want to know your opinion. Who's your NFL team? So I grew up, for some of my years, in Dallas, Texas. And uh. that was back in the day when, uh, in elementary school, the police officers would come by on their motorcycles after school, and they would hand out playing cards mm. on the different teams. So I was back in the Roger Staubach days and Tony Dorsett. And uh, I realized the Dallas Cowboys are a far cry from where they were back then. <laughs> um, but I have a soft spot for them uh, at this point in time. Well, that is my wife's team, so she likes you. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll reserve my opinion for a later date because I'm a Seahawks guy. And, and Royal, you are what is it? Uh, Buccaneers. Uh, I, I am a long-suffering Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Fan. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Thank <laughs> you so much for the time today, Rich. It was a pleasure meeting you. And uh, just like Royal said, anybody that wants to get to know Rich on a personal level and see what he does with his clients and how he works so hard for his clients, reach out to the office, give him a call. And everybody out there listening, thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This will make it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. 
Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC, Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.